the uh, the wait is over. Forty seven years. I won't ask what you'd wait forty seven years for, but they waited forty seven for a championship. Good to have you on board on a Tuesday. A um, couple things that Derek, Derek, you just three minutes ago, Derek. The conversation in this room would have made you extremely hungry. I'll get to that in a second because I might make it our text club question. Uh, so the Nuggets win. We'll see tonight. We'll crown. We'll cross another one off that list of uh, you know the championship. Uh, never been done. Never been done. Mm-hmm. Uh, something maybe tonight. Maybe the Vegas Knights get it done. Maybe tonight the NBA and the NHL done. And then it's just. Uh, uh, of course, NFL 24-7 and then Major League Baseball. Uh, good to have you on board today on the Jack Microsoft Busy Show. Dick Bramer will join us around uh, 20 after. Jefferson Lines brings him in. And I'm excited about this. Uh, Jay Fedick will join us. <clears throat> the, um, I mean, this is – and, and, and Brian will correct me here because you have the first time in, I think, 50 years. Sounds like, yeah, since the 70s. Right? Yeah. That, uh, that some of the best bowlers in the world are coming to – the FM area. I got to be honest with you. I have a, a, we all had circles of friends growing up. I had a circle of friends. We all played various sports, but a lot of bowlers that still were in really good bowlers, like like placed at state bowling, good bowlers. So it would not be uncommon to watch, like if Earl Anthony was on a weekend, you know, the PBA was going yeah. on, or Mark Roth, or or I think it was Wayne Webb. One of them just used the Chris one. Schinkel giving you all Chris, the play oh, Nelson Burton Jr. Nelson Burton Jr. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Just some of those great. So I would be locked into that. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to talk to Jay Fetter. We got some of the uh, the best bowlers in the in the world coming, and and uh, he'll join us to tell you how you can take, uh, you know, take this in and all that. But it is an under, uh, maybe appreciated <laughs> Sport, right? Right. It, it is. Who did I hear talking about? Like maybe I'll. Everybody, one time in their their lives, as you've gotten older, you've said, "I think I'm going to join. That'd be fun to join a bowling league." Now, did you uh, talk to? Right? Did you tell the uh, manager of the FM Redhawks that you were having this gentleman on because is his father, a uh, grandfather, Bobby, was one of the best bowlers I've ever met. Now he worked with my dad at the Morehead Post. Office. I did not know that. Oh yeah, Bobby. I know he got him into. Got Chris into every right, a lot of but things. But Bobby Coast was one of the best bowlers. I really, yeah, I think, think you rolled a few three hundreds in his time over. I'll at have Sunset to ask Lane. Chris about yep. that tonight. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, yep. Walter Ray, Walter Way, Williams, uh, Walter right? Ray Williams. That's yes. another name that comes to my mind. But Earl Anthony was like the Hardy Race. What Hardy Race was to like <laughs> wrestling, Earl Anthony to me. In fact, everything almost like it should be illegal to bowl against Earl Anthony. He's just too, he's left-handed. I believe he's left-handed, mm. and it just is his delivery like like that. environment go all left-handed bowlers should be outlawed because it seemed like they had a little different. I don't know. There was an edge, so I, I, I'm kind of excited. We got Jay on today. There you go. A little bit about that. Uh, the Lions, the Optimist Club All Star Series last night it was a good volleyball event. I caught that at Fargo North. Good house last good night. Crowd. Good, good crowd. Good nice. crowd last night. Radio Rick was uh, behind the PA as well. Yeah, the voice of North. Uh, he did a great job, but a good. You know, the blue team beat the red. A couple of the girls that were that were in the studio yesterday uh, performed admirably, mm-hmm. and and uh, and now that'll shift over to. Uh, to legacy and and like the Legion baseball tournament or tournament Legion baseball schedule kind of we're dipping into that now. Yeah, they kind of got going last week, and yeah, and it'll go full throttle here uh, probably the next uh, probably till the end of July. Oh, and uh, you know we're wrapping up Minnesota, you know, state sports and and lacrosse and things of the various field hockey's and all the all the other sport, all of that stuff. So it's a you know it's June. But we're moving. Here's my here's what you missed, Eric. Not that you missed it. I mean, you just popped in. I turned to Brad. I must have been talking about food. 
and I and uh, we were talking about uh, buffets, and we were chatting about how remember how like COVID just like wiped buffets off the map. Yeah, well, I missed the salad bar at Cash Rise I'd have many times oh. for lunch here, right? And yeah. and, a, and there's a difference between and, and there is a difference between a salad bar. And a, is there is there a difference between salad bar and buffet? Oh, for sure. Okay, you have a salad bar within many of these buffets, right? Okay, but mean, there's a separate. It's it's right. a it's a different thing. And I, uh, oh, we were talking about, yeah, we were talking about, because this noon show, I said even when I didn't have a show on the fam when I was living in Bismarck, I would sit, I would go to a supermarket in Bismarck that rhymes with uh, um, Dental Arcet. I think you're okay saying Central Market. Okay. We're, we're good. <laughs> Central. I know which one you speak of. Yeah. Right? You're from, and it had a phenomenal seller. So what I would do is I, I, I was doing sales then and sports, so I'd, I'd take my lunch break. And I don't want to tell anybody. I would listen to 740 out there yeah. in Bismarck, and I'd sit in my car with my buffet from Central Market and my little, my, and it was great. So we started talking about this. But they're all gone. And I told Brad, I said, you remember the Royal Fork? Oh, yeah. We used to go there after football practice all the time, August. But not Brad about it. He started drooling. because We used to crush that. We just oh, crushed I loved that. it. Oh, man alive. So that was kind of my question. Like, what buffets... Um, do you wish there were back, or around, since we reached the region, uh, where are the best buffets? Like in in you know relative space here of Fargo, not just salad bar. I'm talking about the full fledged. You got a chef cutting meat at the end of the one line. Uh, so we went off sports on that. Text at three five two seven zero. At the trapper the the in Belfield. When you you know the trapper's how, kettle. How many times can you eat with a full fledged yak uh, head and, and animals? Yep. You know, like dead squirrels and parrots Buffalo, and, you know, and yeah. elephant heads. Who knows? Okay, yeah. <laughs> but I love that oh. because and it wasn't a buffet. They had a big like you said a salad bar and a, yep. like a canoe, right? Some weird or a yeah. They had really good breakfast because we the last couple of years we've gone out there. Mm-hmm. With uh, with some family because we go out, we stop there on our way to Medora. Yes, it's it's a must stop. Yes, um, so that's my question: but buffets you'd bring back or ones that we just have missed that are still around. Oh, Derek, do you know any that are still like? And, and I guess we're good. It's Not free around plug, here. Free plug Tuesday to those yeah, restaurants. Yeah. I guess. I but. mean, when we were going to college at Fergus Falls Community College before I transferred to Bemidji State, the Pondo one was pretty big. That was a oh yeah. Ponderosa. Yep, Bonanza. Yeah. Oh oh ho. Oh. Yeah, now you have to sell a kidney to to be able to afford some of the, I'm just kidding. Brad and I were saying that. Like, Texter says Valentino's. That, oh, there's a good one. My late baseball coach, Jim Peterson, would take us to Valentino's on a Sunday with the, uh, that's a great call. Yeah. Text at 3527. You're going for white sauce everywhere, Every right? Every time. I mean, they I mean, make it, say, it's, it's like, poor Jack, he's going to. It's like the moon in Grand Forks. They make a good no sauce. Oh, there we go. That's another good one, right? Yeah. I went there uh, last winter. I was up there for a game. And yeah, it was because I went there because it was funny because I got there like maybe five thirty, right? And UND was at home. The hockey team was at home, so they had the NFL playoffs on every TV at right. six o'clock. And, turn to the hockey game, and the <laughs> seats are just comfortable. Yep. It's like big, uh, but the moon moon can deliver. Oh, because oh, you, you can have pizza, you can have chicken. They've got <sighs> they have a lot of different options. The great thing about this, sales can now build all these restaurants. Absolutely. Derek, you're right. Um, you said the what? Yeah, and Bemidji's got to have a couple of. Uh... Boy, you know there were so when I was going to school there in the early '90s, though there weren't a lot of restaurants. I mean, they had a few chain ones, but there weren't a lot of great. Like, I mean, if you like, want to take a girl out to eat, there wasn't. There was like a 
a Mexican place, and that was about that it. Was that was it. Outside of like a Perkins or something, you know, and all the the chains that you see, and you know, a lot more of them have popped up. So uh, I don't remember much. They had a stat sports bar that was pretty good, but that's no longer uh, there. The buffets. I, that, I was telling Jack. I said uh, I lived in well, I lived in Central Minnesota. Old Country Buffet was a thing. Oh, St. Cloud. Yeah, yeah, the OCB. Yes. Uh, (laughs) We used to call those the OCB. And Minnesota is known, look at the movie Fargo, you know, when Margie Gunderson is in, going fishing norm? Yeah, we're going to eat first. But everything is like a centered around buffets, and we just don't have Buffets and potlucks are just a part of life, right? And and that's why the question today is non-sports, it's simply... Which buffets would you bring back, restaurants, and which ones have we missed that that are still around here? Oh, we've got a few. Shakey's Pizza. Mm-hmm. Ooh, the All American Steak, Steak buffet. buffet off on University, yeah, which right? I think was which was Bonanza. Then it became the All American Steak Buffet. That was another that was good, good one. That yep. was another good one. Uh, Godfather. I remember. I remember killing this buffet a few times oh, in my yes. college days. The Godfather's <laughs> Pizza Lunchtime Buffet. In what, were the, what was the average sit down time for you on those? Like an hour ten, or maybe two. <laughs> Well, if I had class at like one thirty, I oh. had to I had to really eat and run. Um, yeah, at the Westridge Mall in uh, Fergus, which is you know kind of zombie land right mm-hmm. now. But uh, yeah. we used to. I think the statute of limitations was up. Might have put a few pieces of slice in my pocket to have for lunch the next day. <laughs> you don't think you're gonna you're gonna be put in food jail? No, no. <laughs> no the Pizza Hut buffet. Yeah. Under, um, uh, yeah, uh, underrated in uh, uh, Williston, we used to do that. I was in Park Rapids on Saturday. We took the family there for our annual pilgrimage up there to hang out. And uh, they they still have a Pizza Hut you could sit down and eat at. And, I, and they had a sign out front, the Daily Buffet, and I went, oh, my. I said, I that might be worth driving up there I just, an hour and a half. It's just amazing eat, eat how we get into this conversation because when you realize it, after about twenty twenty, we just it just doesn't seem right. like it's around anymore. Somebody mentioned the bonanza, that is good. Uh there, and I don't think there is one now on the other side of Mandan. No, and the Saint, the one in Saint Cloud just closed recently too. That was there up until the last year or so. Well, good. So so keep it flying at three five two seven oh. Uh did someone didn't mention Ponderosa? Yeah, uh, you, Fergus, Derek, Derek Fergus did. Pondo, yeah. Um, yeah. Holiday Inn and Fargo used to have a fantastic yes, they oh, did. Not, yes, not they sure did. if they yeah. still yes, have they it. Did. Um, I want to say, because when I was there, I was filling in for you. You were on a road trip. Yes. And UND has their, a luncheon. Month, their monthly luncheon. Yeah. They had the buffet going on there. That's I, a good I call. Ate, I ate after. I don't know if they do it every day, but I know they. the day I was there, I had it, and it was delicious. Everyday buffets. Um Denver Nuggets. Uh, is it the start of something a beautiful? It could be uh, run here Maybe. for the Denver Nuggets guys. Did you see that thing that was popping up on social media yesterday? That this is the first time since 1979 that a team from the Western Conference outside of Texas or California has won the NBA title. No, but that's a great stat. The Seattle Super. Say it again, Derek. Say it again. So, if a Western Conference final team has won since 1979, it's either been from Texas or California. So, Spurs, Mavericks, Rockets, wow, Lakers, yeah. Lakers, and the Golden State. Golden State. So, no Gorillas, no Suns. I mean, you no Suns, no Sonics, no Jazz. No jazz. Had to go back to like Jack Sigma. The Jazz have never won it either, right? Aren't they? Uh, that is correct. Yeah. No. That's a that's a good peculiar. That's crazy, that is a, isn't that's it? A so thought. Seven, yeah, so now, granted, Texas and California make up what a third of the population, <laughs> granted. right? But and, still. And a good chunk of the Western Conference. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> but there, I mean, but that still. includes uh, you know Portland Trailblazers, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and and you go through some of the Western 
Yeah. Conference. And, and you're right. Wow. I mean, before the Timberwolves, before, you know, there, there's they do what have, like you said, three quarters of the teams from those two states, but it's still, I mean, you figure it's like pretty amazing. the Blazers would run, run into one or the Jazz would run Stockton into one. You think Stockton Malone would have got one or Clyde right. would have got one. Or they weren't lack of stars, that's right. for sure. Or, you know, like when Phoenix, when Phoenix had their run in so yeah, isn't that crazy? Who, so that so that Seattle team was uh, was that Sigma and uh, Gus Williams probably Gus? and well it was a f- longtime coach. It wasn't Lenny uh, Lenny Wilkins. Yeah. Lenny Wilkins, yeah, kind of ran that show. So. Uh, speaking of stats, you probably heard the uh, the the cycle by Rio Muto yesterday, and then uh, here's another little nugget for you. I guess I better give credit to this to Opta Stats O P T A. Optostats. So Riomoto becomes the first Philly player since David Bell in 2004 for the cycle. He's only the 17th catcher in baseball history to accomplish that feat. He joins Lou Gehrig. Okay, get ready for this one. So JT Riomoto, who hit for the cycle last night, he joins Lou Gehrig as the only players in baseball history to homer in an all-star game, hit an inside-the-park home run in the postseason, and hit for the cycle. Oh, wow. How about that for an obscure? That's random, but it's <laughs> impressive nonetheless. And then afterwards, went to a Bonanza. Oh. Those were the three, four. He went, he went to the Pizza Hut buffet. He went to the Pizza Hut buffet. That is and, the and cycle of a summer for you. I that guess. is, I mean, I'm not saying there's people that got some time on their hands, but that's an obscure. I guess. Your stat was a little bit more, more like legit on that. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, well, I guess if you search long enough, you can really find mm-hmm. uh, this going on. But, I would say with the, go back to your question, if that's yeah. the start of a dynasty, Boy, the parity in the Western Conference is going to make that very, very tough. Yeah. Uh, very tough. Yeah, I think the Warriors will be back better than mm-hmm. ever next year. And Can know. we piggyback this thought? Uh, and I think, I don't know if Wolves fans are spinning that, but the fact that Minnesota kind of played Denver tough. Played them but, tougher than a lot of them did. Right? Is it, can we read into it or... Because this was like the you know the final series, it's not just like, not like like Denver hadn't been through some battles. You know that was a fresh. Everybody was kind of. Do we read into it at all with the Wolves? Yeah, I, I mean, it makes you think what could have been if everything was healthy and you had more time with Towns and Gobert together, all that jazz, right? I mean, if you, I mean, it does make you think where they could be. But just where can they go from here? Can they build on that? It's. Still a question of Anthony Towns. Were they better without him? They seem to play better without him. I mean, there's going to be some interesting offseason moves that they're going to have to make. I mean, they don't have a draft pick. They will next year, but then not again for a little bit of you know. Do they make Anthony Edwards? Is this his franchise? And you trade away Towns. I, I think there's a lot of things that they have to look at here. Or do you you fight through it, get them all to to, to everybody same, lo- like yeah. Jackie Moon? Everybody love everybody. Play play clean baseball. Be a fabric. You know, Joker. His and plus, here's what you're also with too. He's a superstar, and and he is as, as good, if not the best, in the NBA. And he just is this way about him, and he sets the tone for that Denver Nuggets team. Uh, there's an unselfish tone. There's a team tone to that. Do you have to be a superstar to be able to set the tone? You probably do because if you're a bench player, it doesn't give me minutes. It's hard to set the example right. and a tone. Uh, but you know, is he the, is is that the minority? Or is that or the exception to the rule, you know, or as opposed to the rule itself? Can the Wolves have what Denver has? Maybe is a way to you want it. Anthony Edwards to be what Jimmy Butler can be, essentially. You want Edwards to be Butler on the show. He, that's his team. That's my. I don't know if you feel the same way. Well, Brad, then can you have Towns be what Joker? I don't think he has that in him. Well, there's the there's, that's yeah, the problem. You know. But I don't know the. 
Like what other pieces around him do you need? Do you need Nas Reed? Do you need? Could you get a Jamal Murray? Yeah, the, like, uh, you know, you know, you get an Anderson Walker or whatever with a guy, with the, the guy with the two last names off the bench. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, I you just got to get the pieces in place because you look at, you know, Jamal Murray's a solid player. Michael Porter Jr. is all right. There's not a lot of household names other than you know those three of the oh, Nuggets. Yep. You know, so <sighs> well the Bruce Browns of the world, uh, what they that they fit a role very well. Good so for- Denver's won a World Series, and they haven't ever won a World Series, but they've won a Super Bowl within the last 10 years. They've won yeah. now a Stanley Cup and, a, and an NBA, and an NBA championship within the last two years. I'm, I've got a little bit of envy for the Mile High City right now. to think that Kroenke's got money, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tough being him, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's having a good run. Won a Super Bowl with his team he owns in L.A. Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, we will uh, we'll come back. Golden Corral. I should have married. Are there better. still Golden? <laughs> there are. I don't know if there are. are there, there any, any GCs around, around anymore? I think that's a Colorado-based company. Might be, uh, might be in the cities, buffets. but I don't know if there is. Because um, Bismarck still is the Cracker Barrel, right? Yeah. Old Country Buffet is a great call, Brad. Now oh, that I, I love think that about place. that's a great call. My favorite story. I was in, I was in there one time, probably t- twenty years ago or so, and it was during prom season, and it was kind of a rainy Saturday, and I was up in St. Cloud <laughs> doing some stuff, and Stopped at the Old Country Buffet and I saw like two or three young men in tuxedos with their dates. <laughs> That's Bring awesome. It back to the Blow it down at the Old Country Buffet. Atta boy. Uh, I just go right back. Oh, we only need one plate, Clark. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I just cousin, give you a fork. Cousin Eddie. Well, he'll take some of the yellow and I'll take some of the red. <laughs> Dick Bramer coming up next. Brought to you by Jefferson Lions Twinstock. Dick Bramer coming up next on 740 The Fan. Our good hand, the one and only Dick Bramer talking twins. Brought to you by Jefferson Lions. Put a cap on a little bit of that text question. Uh, Dick's like, what did I step into? We were talking about great buffets that you miss or would bring back. My buddy Tom Dosh, happy birthday to Tom, coach at University of North Dakota. Says, Western North Dakota, the German-Hungarian club in Dickinson. Weekend buffets were phenomenal over there. So that's that's that. Here he is, uh, Dick Braver. Hi, Dick. How you doing today, bud? We're doing good. we got a beautiful day here in Minneapolis. It's uh the start of what I hope will be a really good homestand for the Twins. Got back from Canada, and uh, despite not closing out that sweep, uh, you kind of dust that off going, well, we, we won a series, here's where we sit. Brand new two-gamer with Milwaukee, Detroit in the front window. I'd imagine it's 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 time to get going, right, Dick? Yeah, and I think Twins fans are waiting for it. I, 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 uh, I wonder whether this isn't really going to be the pivotal point of the season where we get to find out, you know, what or who this Twins team really is. Are they just a 500 team? Are they a team that, you know, is you know playoff bound and and can play well enough to you know make a run uh, in the postseason? Uh, they really haven't proven to this point that they are that team yet. But I think the potential is there, and maybe this will be the turning point of the season. I sure hope so. I certainly don't want to see, you know, what we saw last year with the bullpen falling apart at times. Obviously, a lot of focus on Emilio Pagan after, you know, Sunday's game, Thielbar back on the injured list. It just, it's, it's really a shame, and they need that solidified if they're going to win that American League Central. Yeah, yeah Pagan has uh, had some struggles again this year, but that really was the residue of Duran pitching two innings on Friday, which meant he was out of commission for both Saturday and Sunday's game. Now, they won Saturday's game. We're in position to win Sunday's game, but they were, 
you know, at the end of the game, not going to have Duran available to them. So then you try to patch holes where you can. Uh, it didn't work out. And I, I go back to what I've been saying, I think, with you guys uh, for the last several weeks, uh, at least a time or two. This team really misses Caleb Thielbar when he's not available. And he pitched one game coming off the injured list and then went back on the injured list. And it might be a little bit longer this time before he comes back. But we tend to not take Caleb for granted, but when he comes in and can get righties and lefties out and be as effective as he's been the last couple of years, then everybody else can settle in into a role. And I think the plan was to have Griffin Jacks pitched the ninth inning on Sunday if they still had the lead, but it went away in the eighth inning. You know, you, it's it's nice, it's impressive that Duran can pitch two innings as effectively as he does, but unfortunately, that takes him out of the mix for the next couple of games. This is a stretch here in the next couple of weeks, Dick, where you're, you're home for a week and a half, and you get the, a Tigers team that is uh, as struggling as well. And Milwaukee's an interesting study. We talk about uh, the mediocrity of the American League Central. The NL Central kind of fighting the same battle, and the Brewers are a real good example of that. Yeah, they've got about the same record as the Twins. They've got a lot of the same issues. They've had a hard time scoring runs. If anything, they've probably had more injuries to their pitching staff than the Twins have had. Uh, but I, I've, I've long ago given up trying to say, okay, now it's the Brewers, and they're right around 500, and the Tigers are, you know, just had a nine-game losing streak, uh, and then it's the Red Sox, and they're about a 500 team. It really doesn't matter. You just need to play better baseball. The Twins have proven that if they play good baseball, they can beat anybody. They won the season series with the Yankees. They won the season series with the defending world champs, and they split three apiece with Toronto, a very talented team. So it really doesn't matter who you're playing. You just need to play good baseball. And that's why I'm hoping that this homestand, week-and-a-half-long homestand with 10 games, uh, will be the pivot point. We'll see a lot better baseball moving forward. Dick Bremer joining us today, brought to you by Jefferson Lines. And, Dick, on some of those injuries, uh, certainly, you know, with Buxton's ribs, and and I hate hearing ribs, I hate hearing the words uh, oblique, I hate hearing the words hamstring, you know, and I think you even brought it up, too. The the soft tissue stuff is the stuff that you really can't put your finger on. Now, I think Joey Gallo... Uh, should be good to go pretty soon, too, right? I believe he was uh, uh, nursing a, a, a hamstring injury. Right. They activated him for tonight's game. Kyle Garlick was uh, sent down. Uh, but you're right. I mean, it's if somebody gets hit in the ribs with a pitch, well, you really can't do much about that. Somebody gets hit in the hand, somebody runs into an outfield wall, it, it, that's baseball-type stuff, and those things happen. But when you see so many players... Uh, injure themselves, get hurt going on the injured list, just doing, you know, routine baseball stuff like running to first and then decelerating. Um, You know, who was the player uh, for uh, Toronto? uh, Brandon Belt uh, tried to come home from third base. All he was doing was running 90 feet on the base paths and he tweaked a hamstring. And and so uh, at some point, I think people need to rethink how they prepare players, not just the Twins, this is industry-wide now, how teams prepare players to simply run the bases, slide. Aaron Judge was out for a while because of a bad slide at target field. Uh, So when you do baseball activities and you don't have a collision with the wall or with the baseball or something like that, 
that you can you know expect guys to run hard to first base and not end up on the injured list. Pablo Lopez going tonight, you know, we've talked about the trade for, you know, how they got him and, you know, the commitment that they made to him for quite some time. I'm guessing they want to be, uh, you know, have him a little bit better in three and three, and I'm sure he does too, because you have Gray, you have Ryan, a pretty good one, two, three punch there, and Ober and Varlin, the young guys coming up and doing pretty well, but there's no doubt. I mean, this is going to be a big start for him tonight at Target Field. Yeah, and I think what's uh, given Pablo some problems, uh, he's had things kind of mushroom on him in one inning where he's been sailing along and then, uh, you know, a, you know, a leadoff walk and then a couple of singles and a home run. And suddenly the numbers don't look very good. He still has done a nice job. I think pitching pretty clean innings where it's either a one, two, three inning, or there's somebody left at first or second base and he's been able to put a zero up. So the stuff is still there, but I think he's kind of been victimized with, uh, teams, uh, bunching things together against him. And I'm like everybody else. I'm eager to see him pitch tonight in the hopes that he can, you know, shut down a Brewer lineup that's been struggling to score runs. Dick Bramer joining us today, and I'm not going to have you put your Nostradamus hat on. We're like 40% into the season here, Dick, but we mentioned that American League Central right now, the Twins lead it at 500. But if you had to kind of reach down, and you've seen some of these teams now, if things kind of stay the way they're going now, maybe some get a little healthy, uh, do we think we're looking at a division that, that 500 or somewhere near that, Dick, might be enough? Well, I, I predicted at the start of the season this team was going to win 90 games, and I haven't given up on that yet. I really do believe the potential is there. We all know this is a much better team with Byron Buxton in the lineup. He's been unable to play now because he had the bruised ribs. Maybe that will allow him, when he does come back, to be more of a type of player that uh, we've grown accustomed to seeing. Maybe the knee and the lower half will have had a chance to recover a little bit, and he can be the dynamic force he can be in a baseball game. Uh, I still think the potential is there for this team to win uh, in the neighborhood of 90 games. They've got to get going. They've got to, you know, figure out some things in the bullpen. They've had guys who they weren't expecting to do much who stepped up, like Brock Stewart, and now Griffin Jacks is pitching really well, but then they've had, you know, Pagan has struggled, Lopez has struggled. they got to get that all sorted out and make sure they put people in the right spot. And uh, then if this lineup can come together, we all know that they really miss Jorge Polanco when he's not in the lineup. So, you know, the return to health would go a long way, I think, toward convincing Twins fans and everybody else that this Twins team is very talented and, and should be the best team in the division. Interesting uh, that you mentioned Griffin Jacks. He kind of went through like uh, like Lopez has right now, but he's gone through or went through a stretch where he kind of struggled for four, five, six outings, and he's gotten himself righted. Uh, what uh, in talking to uh, talking to the uh, pitching coach and coaching staff, what's been the uh, key for him? Well, he really was <laughs> victimized by some really tough luck. Mm-hmm. Where uh, particularly think the game in what in Boston, I believe where the ball wasn't hit hard, but the ball kept finding holes when he comes or came into the ball game. Now, when you're a seventh, eighth, or ninth inning guy and you run into some tough luck, uh, the numbers aren't going to look very good. I mean, the game is on the line and you're not getting outs, but you know, it wasn't like they were hitting rockets all over the ballpark. He has faced now, I believe, 114 batters this year without allowing a home run. So it's not like he's been giving up solid contact. I think he's uh, had better luck because he's you know reintroduced 
his fastball, which is a good fastball to mix in with the breaking pitch. So I don't think there's too much concern now that Griffin Jacks uh, can't be relied upon. Uh, Duran's had three days of rest now. Let's hope that the Twins, uh, if they need their closer at the end of the game, it'll only be for one inning instead of two, which would leave him available for tomorrow's game as well. The uh, final thing I have for for Dick, at least in the in the baseball realm, is is the Kerlaf in the box. Was he looking at the pitcher? <laughs> that the was pitcher, my next question for him. Was too. that where you were going yeah. to, Derek? Yeah, Dick. I I guess we're going to have moments like this, aren't we? Where you know, it's almost like the Zapruder film. Looking at eight seconds, and his face was forcing the pitcher. And <laughs> oh my goodness, Dick! Wow. He made the mistake of looking down at home plate, yeah. and that's what cost him the at-bat. And it was such a key part uh, of that game. And you look at that game, and you understand why you have to be sharp. They had a you know, great first inning, scored four runs. They were in control of things. Then Correa makes an error, and that allows 300 runs to score. And then you have the situation first and third, I believe, with two outs. And Kirilov, I mean, all, every hitter has been told, you got to be locked in with eight seconds. There are, you know, a number of countdown clocks, uh, pitch clock counts, uh, uh, clocks that are out there visible for everybody to see. He was looking at the pitcher, then looked down at the plate. The home plate umpire has enough on his hands, uh, but he looks within eight seconds and see Kirilov, sees Kirilov looking down, and so he calls a violation that ended the at-bat and the threat. That was really unfortunate, but it's one of those things where momentum swings inside of a game, and Correa's error gave uh, the Blue Jays some life, and then they get out of that jam, the Blue Jays do, and before you know it, then, you know, single, single home run in the eighth inning, and you've lost the game. Do you think they're going to revisit this in the offseason? Because to me, it's a pitch clock for a reason, right? I mean, he's the one with the ball. If the guy's not ready, then he pitches it, and the guy's not ready. I, I just think we're kind of getting a little bit too deep in the weeds here with having to be in the, you know, looking at the pitcher with eight seconds. If the pitcher wants to throw it, right? Guy, I mean, that's just my opinion on it. But well, you you need to be fair in this situation with everybody adjusting to the rules. You need to be fair to both the pitcher and the hitter. And, you know, the pitchers are ready to go, and they need to know, okay, I mean, you can imagine if a hitter wasn't looking at the pitcher and there's three seconds left, now the pitcher has to hurry things up. And that's not fair to the pitcher either. Uh, by the letter of the law, the rule, uh, Kirilov violated the rule, and so it's it's kind of hard to blame the umpire. He was put in a tough spot anyway because he, you know, went to bed Saturday night thinking he was going to be umpiring first base, and then the home plate umpire gets drilled by a foul ball, so he had to run and put the gear on and get behind home plate. But by the letter of the law, the rule states the hitter has to, you know, be engaged with the pitcher. Kirilov just glanced ever so briefly down and it, it cost him a strikeout. Twins in action, a quick two-game shot with Milwaukee. That's a 6.40 start time tonight, then a day game tomorrow at 12.10. And by the way, Dick, you saw Tampa. Everything is advertised, Tampa Bay. Yeah, they look really, really good. They look very confident. Then they go out to Oakland and lose to Oakland. Yeah, right. So you know, it's it, it's just hard to figure. You you know, even the best team in the game, first game of the series, and whether they were ready to play or not, they played the worst team in baseball, and the worst team in baseball beat them in front of you know whatever five thousand fans, whatever they had there last night. So uh. it just as a reminder to everybody. Every game is different. You've got to be ready to play uh, every game and every inning of every game, and that's how you end up getting to the playoffs, and hopefully uh, the Twins will be there, 
and hopefully they'll have that focus uh, to do well once they get to the playoffs this year. To Dick's point, this is how tough it's going in Oakland, not alone trying to fight for their <laughs> their, their city, you know, and not, not lose their team. They've won six straight, the A's, and they still only have 18 wins this year. That's how tough it's been. For, right. That's how tough it's been for the. And yet, as Dick said, Tampa gets. Uh, Dick will let you go. You're from Minnesota. Did the did the Bremers have a have a uh, have a buffet uh, that that you frequented? Maybe uh, maybe after a church service on a Sunday or a or a Friday night. Well, buffet. <laughs> yeah, we lived uh, out in Western Minnesota, Dumont, a little bit south of Wheaton in the Morris area, and for a big treat when I was a kid. Now this is in the '60s. We would go to Ike's Chicken Shack in Browns Valley, and I think it's right on Big Stone Lake. And uh, we would go there, and they would have a smorgasbord. It wasn't oh. a buffet. Oh. We called them smorgasbords back then. And you could go there and eat as much as you wanted for probably four bucks or whatever it was. <laughs> but that was a big treat when I was a kid. Oh, oh man. man. Just some a beautiful about... setting on Big Stone yeah. Lake. Yeah, See, yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Just like... Yeah. Oh, I'm hungry right now. Ike's Chicken Shack. That just sounds like a place to congregate mm-hmm. for about an hour Perfect. and a half. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Dick, have a great call, buddy. Thanks, as always, for talking twins. Thank you, Dick. Yeah, we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Dick Member, brought to you by Jefferson Lines, Ike's Chicken Shack. I've heard of it. I've never, never been there. I I think it's gone now. I don't believe it's still there anymore. That's right. We they, we call those smorgasbords. Yes. And it's almost like, come on in and eat until you roll out of the building. That's uh, that's what <laughs> smorgasbords were. Uh, we'll come back. Jay Pettig joining us. The PVA in, in, in Moorhead, in Fargo-Moorhead area. What? Really? Pro? The big timers? We'll talk about that next right here on 740 The Fed. Well, this is fantastic. I tell you, Sunset Lane, Sunset Lane, Sunset Lane. I said at the, at the start of the show today, I, I just remember, you know, locking in, watching the greats, Earl Anthony. You mentioned a guy, Mark Roth and and uh, Durba. We, all these great bowlers, you know, and, and uh, the PB. And these guys are bigger than life. I mean, just these these superstars. And that, well, and now some of those names I mentioned were, were bowling, you know, you know, 40, 50 years ago. But it hasn't changed. It continues to be red hot. And the fact that it's in the backyard here in the Red River Valley is something else. And Jay Fedig from Jmar is joining us today. He's a busy man, so we're going to let him tell a little more about this. But, Jay, good afternoon. How, how's the day going today, Jay? It is going wonderful. I appreciate uh, you inviting me on. Yeah, no no problem whatsoever. Take us through the genesis. How does one get uh, events like this rolling through our backyard, whether it be in Bismarck, Mandan, or Fargo, Moorhead, how, how does what's the genesis of this? Well, it, it actually, I, I myself am from Bismarck, and I I, uh, I go out on the Senior uh, 50 tour, and I was out at the Bull and the Senior Masters last year, and Marshall Kent, who's on the regular tour, and Marshall's one of the you know top young bowlers in the world, uh, got nine tour wins been on Team USA like eight or nine times. Uh, him and I got to talking, and uh, he had just, it started out as there were two states he hadn't been, and one was North Dakota and the other one was Minnesota, ironically. And so, yeah, I invited him up here. We did some hunting, and uh, we just got to talking about how we need to change uh, how bowling is done. You know, it, it, if you've ever been to a, a bowling, a major bowling tournament, they're actually kind of boring. Yeah, you know, it's just it, it. They really are. It's just it's just bowling, 
And so he came up with the idea that we need to make this an event, and that is kind of how it started. So, in this particular event, uh, a, a pro am uh, tournament, I know there there are different uh, events going on within this major event too, right? At, at Sunset, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So tonight we have uh, a pro am event, and that pro am is uh, to raise money uh, for the uh, Veterans Honor Flight. Uh, so it's a, it's a team thing. Uh, so it's A, B, and C player, kind of like a golf scramble, so to speak. Sure. And you, you bid on the pro you want on your team, and then we turn the lights out, and it's uh, and it's like a rock bowling. That's you know, fantastic. Oh, that's great. Yeah, just meant to be a good time. So that is, that is great. I know Farmers Union is is a major sponsor. Certainly, we'll give them a little love today on the fifth largest daytime signal in the country, seven forty. The fans. So I'm glad we're able to help out. Uh, Jay, about bowling, you mentioned you know you've been doing it. I'm assuming at a at a good level at at your at your entire life, I'd imagine. But uh, I mentioned some names there when we brought you on. Bowling still has. As the boys and 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 the ladies for that matter too, we got some rock stars out there, don't we? Still in the, in the sport. Oh yeah, yeah. So right now, the number one player in the world, his name is EJ Tackett. I mean, he just finished winning the Triple Crown. Uh, he won the U.S. Open this year. Uh, he's got two majors this year. He's got five uh, uh, tour wins this year. Uh, Hall of Fame eligible. I mean, there's like, uh, oh gosh, I would say there's probably six or seven of those guys uh, going to be here today uh, and tomorrow. So uh, they're all out golfing at Oxbow right now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we've got uh, we've got the region's best, uh, the, the the local area's best, and the world's best all going to be here. And just yeah, it's going to be a good time. We got beer gardens and inflatables for kids and yard games. It's just it's a good. A good time for the whole family. Take it in, folks. Uh, Jay Fedick joining us, Jmar Entertainment. And, and it, it truly is one sport. I mean, we see anytime in other sports, we say bigger, faster, stronger. You know, the uh, guys, uh, they're jumping higher, they're stronger. LeBron James, a perfect example of how a position is redefined in basketball, for goodness sakes. But this sport of bowling, my guess is outside of maybe – Maybe equipment at, at some. I mean, the lanes are the lanes, the pins are the pins. You're either you're you're sitting and you're, you're throwing on the you know maybe five boards over and, and bringing it in from the home side of the Brooklyn. I mean, how much has bowling changed, Jay, over the years? Oh, it, it it's hard to even put into words. Wow. I mean, back when when I, when I was really you know getting in you know having into it in the in the early '90s, late '80s, you know it, the equipment was. You know, we'd walk into a tournament and we'd have a, a two-ball bag, and, you know, that was pretty much it. Now, I mean, the, the you know, the oil that you put down, the, the, the patterns of the oil, uh, the, the ball, uh, the, the core in the ball, the, you know, the cover stock on the ball, you know, it is, there is so much science that goes into the sport of bowling that the average person may not have any concept of, uh, but it is, to, to throw the ball, I mean, these guys, you've got to hit, you know, each board is one inch wide. I mean, and these guys are hitting the same one inch, you know, from 45 feet away with the same speed, the same number of revolutions. Mm. I mean, it's just, it's uncanny, the ability that they have. I was just thinking back in the day, give me a coyote lanes in Williston, or maybe at your, you know, there on the strip in Mandan, uh, times when we'd go over there. I remember like a fifth board, second arrow, try to come in on the pocket, and then 
and it would rarely happen. Yeah. I'd find myself with some kind of split going. So I guess it, so. Again, obviously, things. Jay probably's had more new skin, Brad, on him than the history of anybody on the planet. They still have that, by the way, Jay. The new skin, you know. They do. You know they do. Um, but it, you you don't see a lot of guys use. They do actually sell it, and and you know new skin is you know you, your your thumb gets blistered. Yeah. You know if you throw a lot. And so new skin is basically like super glue with a, with a patch. But nowadays what they do is before you even start, you put there, there's, there's tape that you put over your thumb. So you kind of, you really don't have that anymore. Like we used to in the old days. Uh, but yeah, boy, it's, it's, it, that brings us a blast from the past. New skin. But they do still sell it. <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, you just, <laughs> yeah, you just, just reinvent skin right there. Just, just glue it on and you're good for another tournament for goodness sakes. Right? A regional well, there'd be guys, there'd be guys that they, they'd put the new skin on and they got to hurry up and let it dry. So they would light it with a, a, a you know, a match that's and it right. would instantly dry on. That's yeah. right. That's exactly. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good. Are regional type events like the one you're going to have here? Are they common throughout the country? Or are there maybe certain pockets uh, where they're more uh, they're more prevalent than others? Yeah, you know, obviously not. You know, in in our area, that this is there haven't been anything like this uh, since 1976 in our area. In uh, our area would include you know the the Dakotas, uh, Montana. Uh, yeah, there's not been anything like this in, in a long, long time. It would be more in your, you know, your bigger areas, uh, more metro areas. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're really relying on the, on the community support. Uh, and the guys are just having a blast. They really are. They, they've mentioned, I don't even know how many times the North Dakota nice. I mean, it, they've been having a blast. Well, we want you to get out to uh, sunset lanes. I guess the, before we let you go, Jay, uh, Information for the public. He gave some of it out, and and uh, you want people to show up. Is there still room for the for the amateurs, or is the card filled? I mean, take us through some final thoughts from you, Jay. What you want to tell the folks? Well, I, I guess I would tell you that the, the the national headquarters of the PBA is watching this very close. Uh, Past uh, Blue Ribbon is one of the uh, major national sponsors. Uh, they are actually flying out here to watch and witness this, and if it goes well then they're going to allow us to continue to do this on an annual basis. But we need the community, you know, out here. Even if you're not a bowler, uh, bring the family out here. Enjoy the fairgrounds. Uh, there are tickets, you know, to get in. They're really inexpensive. As far as pro-am availability, I believe that is all sold up. But come out and enjoy it anyway. Sure. Come out and watch. Come out and have a good time. Sure. Sunset Lanes, uh, off at, what, 620 U.S. 75 there in Warrant. If you haven't been, it's easy to find. It's easy to pull into and uh, and uh, grab your seat and enjoy the enjoy the time. All right. And then, then buy a bottle of Jay Fedex New Skin on the market now for sale. No, wait a second. <laughs> Jay, <laughs> how's your golf game today? Did you, did you swing it okay, Jay? You know, I went out and I only got four or five holes in and I had to get back, but I, I will just say that you know, I'm gonna. I left just being a good host here. I left a lot of birdies out there for our guests. <laughs> See, so now that's I didn't, North- didn't want to take them all. <laughs> that's the North Dakota nice you were talking about. I like the way you did that. Yeah. That's, that's excellent, <laughs> Jay. Thanks for the time. Uh, go have a, a tremendous event. Uh, we know you will, and uh, hopefully, we get a chance to chat more down the line. Thanks, Jay, for the time today. 
You bet, guys. Appreciate you having us on. You bet. Jay Fettig uh, from Jmar Entertainment. And it is pretty cool. I'm glad you asked that question, Brad, about the regionalization of this. Because events, you know, we get jacked up when, when the world of outlaws, you know, these events yeah. that happen all over the country when they're in our backyard. And and this is a these are major players, and we don't yeah. see that. Well, fifty years nearly that right. it's been been back. In well, I think like golf and have like the Dakotas Tour and that right. that level come in, and then you know Twin Cities get a PGA event, and you know I'm just kind of wondering are there certain pockets where you see it more. You know, obviously we haven't had it here in a long time, but uh, where. Where do you see it the most in the country? Coyote Lanes, baby. There's another. It must have been like a free play. We had two bowling alleys that I recall in Wolves. We had Basin Bowl mm-hmm. and we had Coyote Lanes. And Basin Bowl was like about mm, the short. It didn't have as many, like maybe 10 lanes, I think. Okay. And Coyote yep. Lanes was a little bit bigger. And that uh, and in there was where the video games were because we used to go back and play Joust. Remember that video game at all? We used to play, play a, if you weren't going to bowl growing up in Lisbon, where would you go uh, bowling? Well, we had a bowling alley up until maybe early 2000s. I mean, we had it when I was in high school. Um, I think Enderlin still has one if uh, Tri-County Lanes is still open. Yeah, I uh, I think that's probably the closest. That was the clo- that's probably the closest one to home now. But we up until maybe early two thousands, we mean, had one bowling alleys, and there are more. It, 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 I don't, you can't equate it to drive-in movie theaters, but I'd, I'd mm-hmm. hate for it to go by right. the wayside. I'd like to. I think it's still very popular to do. Leagues I think are still full, but I'd love to see that continue to, to be on the uptick. We had a drive-in movie theater, too, growing up, which I thought, sure. we have the best of both worlds. we got Absolutely. two bowling alleys and a drive-in movie theater. Absolutely. Uh, Sunset Lanes is the place, 620, U.S. 75 in Moorhead. Uh, as he said, events going on uh, several days, including tonight. So get on out there, support that. And as he said, the national folk are going to be watching. So, uh, you know, make make it look good, and then, uh, then we'll come back. Our thanks to Dick Bremer joining us today. We talk twins every Tuesday with Dick. Brought to you by Jefferson Lines and to Jay Fettig from Jmar Entertainment joining us today. Tomorrow on the program, we've got Carlos Correa. We've got, uh, who else do we have, Brad? Joey Gallo's Joey back. Joey Gallo. We got twins, twins baseball tomorrow against the Brewers. And tonight also, Red Hawks in Kansas City. This is going to be, uh, it's early. Might be a little precursor of what uh, things to come later this summer for that. So uh, 7.02 the first pitch on that. Hit the air at 640 with a pregame show. So Twins tomorrow, and we'll come back on Thursday the Jack Michael Show. Now Brad and I are going to go find a buffet for all those <laughs> those texts that came in. Absolutely. Uh, Common Man is next on 740 The Fans.